This week on Slashers, we're talking In the Mouth of Madness. Did I ever tell you my favorite color is blue? Be sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode for a fresh track from our friends, The Colt Sounds. lately no because it's like loving (laughs) you know what this is slashers a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror my name is jake and with me as always is my esteemed colleague co-host and cohort brian brian say hello to the mutant goons from beyond what's up goons it's a party in here it is this movie is perfect for what's going on I feel like I'm going to try and get myself locked in an institution to stay safe from all these people trying to steal <laughs> toilet paper. Wait, are those padded walls like wiped down with Lysol wipes or what's going on here? I don't know. Is it two ply or three ply padding? Because <laughs> I let you know, I wouldn't need a black crayon to put little crosses everywhere. I scooch my butt. Dude, how crazy is it we live in a world where people are posing as census takers and posing as people who are doing like COVID-19 swab tests, getting into somebody's house? quick draw give me your money you know what it just really highlights how shitty people are not really all people i shouldn't say that in general but like some people are do you hear about the lady who is this it sounds like the premise of a joke you hear about the lady in the shopping (laughs) cart no this woman buys a boatload of groceries she's in her shopping cart she gets to her car and somebody pulls up with a gun takes the entire shopping cart throws it in the bed of a truck (laughs) and drives away yeah yeah i think something like that happened in marietta wasn't too far from us yeah. which is super scary and you know you look at all these people that are saying like well there's gonna be martial law or this or that and you hate to say this i'm not trying to spread like false information or anything or create more of a panic but i don't know i feel like when you see all of these tanks and all these like militaristic people and like the national guard and stuff i don't think that they're they are there necessarily to prevent you from having rights i think they're there to basically patrol and keep all the crazies away or yeah, at for least, sure right you know what i mean because i think there's there's almost like that panic mode when it comes to people when they see all of these like marines and yeah. and military people and they're like oh fuck dude this is like we're basically being taken over and i don't think that's really the case at all people are like finally the second amendment's gonna pay <laughs> off the right to bear arms to raise a militia and it's like yeah you're gonna raise a militia what using facebook calm the fuck down yeah exactly exactly but people i think it's, I, it is kind of funny though if you think about it like all of a sudden now california became all the californians became like hey you know what i think i want a gun yeah for sure (laughs) i have there's yeah i'm not even getting into how frustrating that whole situation is because people have like in the past i mean i'm a firearm owner we know this we've talked about on the show i'm very into firearm safety and that's my my big peeve in most of the movies we watch people how they just flagrantly disregard firearm safety it even happens in this movie and now people are like yeah guns are awesome and i'm like excuse me but you acted like i couldn't be a liberal and have a gun like what the fuck is happening is planet is bizarre right right but even then i have no presumptions that like brian and i are gonna be like hey man uh the national guard's here with a fucking tank 
I'm going to take my nine millimeter in the street. We'll see what happens. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a difference between the guy who was, where, what, was at China in Tiananmen Square where yeah. he stood in front of the tank? Dude. It's, I mean, there's definitely a difference between what happened there and what's happening here. For right. Sure. I mean, you see tanks in the street. They're not basically like murdering everybody. Like, nah, we'll be okay. Yet. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't age like milk, right? <laughs> Yeah. This well, is the the aliens who come up at the end like an artificial intelligence. They find this recording like, oh, that yeah. is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's the same, you know, you just, you have to always look at the brighter side of things. And always you have to f- look on the bright side <laughs> of life. My second favorite film ending of all time. There you go. You know the first? No. We've talked about it. It's the end of Rocky three. My favorite <laughs> ending of any movie ever. It's just two guys. They don't have to have anybody know. It's just the pride and honor of seeing who's the best. It's the eye of Tiger. It's the thrill. And what's even it's made even better by Apollo when you have Rocky Balboa be like, oh, no, your dad won. Like, that's the coolest shit to me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. I know it has nothing to do with horror, but please tell me if you love it or hate it. Can you think what's your favorite ending of a movie ever? Oh, God. Put me on the spot here. Um, I don't know. I think I like the ending of... Don't worry about impressing Primal people. Fear. Ooh. Right? It's like, I'm sorry if I hurt your neck. Blah, blah, blah. That well, one? Prim- Primal Fear, right? With Edward Norton? Yeah. When he's yeah. Like, when, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's essentially like, oh, yeah, you know, I just... Gotcha, bitch! I just fucked you, the counselor. Like, I wasn't really fucked at all. You know, this is that. You know, double jeopardy, boom, bing, bang, boom, legal jargon. Which I don't is also really- a fun movie <laughs> with Ashley Judd, where she's like, I already got convicted of your murder, so I'm going to shoot you in the fucking face. That's Ashley Judd. I've never Judd. seen that movie. Well, I just gave you the ending. Is it pretty good, though? It's not bad. So he yeah. basically frames his wife for murder so he can like do some insurance scam. So she goes to jail and like loses her kid and loses her life. She gets out of jail and she's like, well, I'm just going to murder you because I can't be found guilty of it again. I've already served my time. So she literally goes and fucking kills the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking it's cool. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I might be getting that wrong. I haven't seen it since like middle school, but I remember really liking it and thinking yeah. she was a babe. I remember so. the first time watching Primal Fear, though, and just being like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of crazy, right? Dude, we've talked about about this in the show about a thousand times so sorry but we're gonna do it the two like two of my favorite twist endings of all time well one of them's not really a twist it's more of a reveal but like uh usual suspects awesome ending oh, it's awesome amazing. It's amazing. and then seven right and so both times i've shown my wife those movies for the first time she fucking falls asleep from like the 10 minutes in until the very end and she wakes up she's like, oh okay and i'm like no you don't understand the payoff like when, yeah. when the coffee cup breaks god right, damn it right yeah that whole little gimp walking uh, all of a sudden i'm sh- walking straight and you're just like you can tell by the way i remember that's fucking crazy was it kaiser kaiser, kaiser Sose? Sose. Yeah. yeah kevin spacey yep yeah grabbing people's junk in a bar gonna go far <laughs> in the backseat of your car what'd you think of him playing lex Luthor? i liked him a lot of people thought he was like chewing the scenery in superman returns never saw it. Where he's like screaming really yeah it's not bad. The movie's just kind of janky. It's probably because it starred a guy who was a rapist, and then you have the director yeah, by honestly, a guy who's a rapist. I feel like a little weird. Any of his shit pre-rapist, I feel like I'm okay with watching. <laughs> it's like any of the stuff after the fact of him getting like you know 
I don't know. Maybe that doesn't really make sense because well, I feel like as yeah, soon as he's he, always been, but as soon as the unveil yeah, happened, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I mean, what was he really in after the fact? Was it, it was just really the um, that that Stupid streaming vignettes shit. that they did? What, yeah, what was that streaming shit the, in uh, um, House of Cards? Well, yeah, yeah. I never watched that either. But well, like, so he, after he the he got pulled from the show, he started doing these vignettes where he was like talking to the audience in the character. And you're like, no. And I mentioned that on this horror podcast because that was so like fucking cringy. It was terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Please don't. (laughs) That's awkward. That's not good. Yeah. That'd be like the dad from Meteor Man being Meteor Man. You're like, no, it's still stupid. What about American Beauty? Did you like that one? Uh, No. Yeah. The whole like statutory stuff. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan either. It was a little weird. And Thora Birch is underage. Her parents had to be on. Oh, really? It's so weird. That's weird. And also, she's a little girl from Hocus Pocus. Ugh. That movie just made me feel all sorts of like voyeuristic and weird. (laughs) And fucking weirdo Wes Bentley, where he's like, I'm going to fucking come watching a stupid plastic bag. I, I thought he'd make a great Batman at one point. Oh, there you go. Right? That's interesting. Piercing Better than blue fucking uh, what's his face from Twilight. Robert Pattinson. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> mad at it. I'll be honest with you. We'll potential. see how it goes. Well, I like not a lot I of mean, people like Ben Affleck. So I saw my uh, X'd out through Batfleck shirt. But uh, yeah, P- Pattinson I think can do the Batman. And if you've watched that show, it's like sixty-five to seventy-five percent awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's going to be more of that kind of a vein. But the the true Batman that I want was. Ben McKenzie, the guy who played Ryan in the OC, who is Jim Gordon in Gotham, because I haven't watched Gotham, but he did the voice of Batman in uh, the year one adaptation, and it was great. And I was sitting there going like, man, you just took the wrong character from Gotham, my friend. (laughs) So let's just talk about the actual movie we're supposed to do. Shall we get into the statistics of the week gone in the mouth of madness? Let's do it. So made on a budget of $8 million, it grossed $8.9 million domestically and made a whopping $1,254 internationally. Seems so rough, right? When it comes to these kind of movies, I think something that, how do you really market something like this, right? Because again, we were talking about this earlier. It goes across so many different ranges of things. Is this like a body horror or is this a religious horror, right? Yeah. Are you talking about devils? Are you talking about like aliens? Are you talking about what What are you trying to market this Hodgepodge. movie as, right? Yeah. And then you're, as a fan, you're just like, I'm not really sure what this is about. Yeah, I guess I can watch it because it's a John Carpenter and that's what we're going to go with. It's one of the weird things about it is in some of the marketing materials I saw, it was like, from the guy who brought you Halloween and then he brought you Christine. Right. Right. So, like, they, so they're essentially just like, yeah, let me just remind you of all the great things this guy did. All the movies, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing linear. Like Halloween is a guy with a mask and a knife. That simple. Christine, haunted car. This movie, everything. D, all of the above. You know, There's a slash. Yeah. There's even like some weird, you know, bondage fetish stuff going on. You're just like, okay, neato. There's some strange tentacles going on. Uh, you know, obviously reminiscent of the thing. But tentacle born, tentacle born. Yep. <laughs> and I'm all about it. Opening weekend in Italia was December 10th, 1994. But here in the US of A, it was February 3rd, 1995. It went up against the Jerky Boys movie. Oh, dude, those guys are fucking classic, man. Wow. You remember and those like <laughs> crank calls they used to do? Oh, yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah, man. So here's a fun one. The old lady from this movie 
It was all yeah, from- Billy Madison's grandma. Well, it's Happy Gilmore's grandma, but Gil- then yeah, okay, my bad. Just Adam Sandler, so Billy Madison. I fucked that one up. It was I'm close. Like, how many times I watched those movies as a kid? And I fucked it up. They should have just made it a movie and then a sequel. They shouldn't have done it as he plays the exact same character. His acting is like indistinguishable. <laughs> <laughs> and then also came out the next week was The Quick and the Dead by Sam Raimi. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it. It's fun. The week after that. The Brady Bunch movie, oh Heavyweights, boy. and The Walking Dead. Heavyweights, so fucking good. Yeah, The Walking Dead, not the Robert Kirkman stuff. It's actually a Vietnam War movie. I feel like the heavy, Heavyweights could be almost be like a horror movie. Yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> Dude, Ben Stiller, that movie's fucking terrifying. When he gives the kid the chocolate Hershey's kiss. It's so fucked. Take it's it so from fucked. my head. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> then the next month they had The Mangler came out, which we've already talked about, which is the... Uh, was it the steam dryer cleaner from hell that's possessed and kills people? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And then a couple weeks later was Candyman Farewell to Flesh. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> so if you have $5 to spend at the movies, are you seeing this or are you seeing one of these other movies? Uh, I think it's... A- it's either Billy Madison or Heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. I can't that's be mad just at that. me being completely <laughs> brutally honest with you. Yeah, that's us having been staring outside. I mean, I've seen the horrors of the world when I stood in line at every grocery store I went to today, and I literally shoved a Lysol wipe up my nose <laughs> to make sure I didn't bring home COVID-19 to my pregnant wife. Running time on this film. Perfect. Oh, it's amazing. It's crazy how much they get into this movie. You yeah. Know? Usually something that's this exhaustively, like, just a potpourri of nonsense is like 17 hours long right. or at least it feels like it. Right. But this is like oh okay well it was batshit crazy but so, it's done what's so great about it is and I, w- I want to say it's one of the parts in the movie that absolutely makes no sense to me maybe I just overlooked it, it was when he's looking at all the covers and then all of a sudden a little light bulb goes over in his head yeah. and he starts cutting out all of the things and I'm like wait so I'm trying to look at all the covers and see like what he's cutting out and like how would he be able to piece together all of these things to make out like some sort of symbol? There's a little red line. So there's a red line on each cover. Exactly. So that's why they, they briefly mentioned Sutter Kane is the one who has the final authorization. Because I, that completely blew over my head. I was just like, do you know what? I feel like it's a little too easy for him to figure this shit out. So again, maybe that's just me, but I'm glad that they just fucking just skipped over all of that shit. And it wasn't him just like on a, like a pegboard, like with all the fucking strings. Right. You know what I mean? Like trying to figure shit out, you know? Exactly. And also it's a little frustrating because I kind of wish they would have, like, you know, J.R. Tolkien, he did all the maps for his books, right? They look terrible. They look like they were drawn (laughs) with a kid with, yeah. But I wish that Sutter Kane had actually drawn them instead of just had like the authorization. So you're like, oh, this is this guy's own artistic. Like, it'd be easier to track, but this is, they literally say he like has the right to like, okay it. It's very odd. And also just like, I don't know, whatever. We'll get into it. Directed by our boy, Johnny Carpenter. I found somebody online who was like, Jesus Christ had the initials JC, like John Carpenter, and he was also a carpenter. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) No. Yeah, this is also somebody that waits for John Carpenter to get home in his house in the sheets of his fucking bed. It's like, you want to smoke weed and we can play some music together? (laughs) He's like, God damn it, I'm going to call the cops again. You know, (laughs) like this is the third time this week. What the fuck? (laughs) So... Did you know that the first winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire also had the name John Carpenter? That's weird. Yeah, I forgot about that. And when I was doing research, <laughs> I was like, hey, I don't want to hear an, a Reddit AMA with that guy. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's pretty good. 
So Michael DeLuca wrote this script in the late 80s. And then one of the first directors he offered it to was Carpenter, who passed on it. And then it went into production at New Line in 89 with Tony Randall, who did Children of the Night and Hellbound, the Hellraiser 2. And then it went to Mary Lambert, who did Pet Cemetery from our first episode. And then a few years later, it goes back to Carpenter, who directed it. Wow. That's crazy, that right? That is crazy. And none of it changed as far as script-wise. It all just stayed kind of intact? Because it's the head of New Line. That's like So Michael DeLuca only wrote two scripts. He never did anything else. I mean, he came up with stories that became movies, but he was the president of New Line. So he did all like the business nuts and bolts. The only two scripts he ever did was Freddy's Dead and this. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, we'll get into some of the weird overlaps. <laughs> it almost seems like what happened with this script happened in the movie, right? Where uh, Kane's like, here, you're taking this and you're giving this to somebody else. And he's like, fuck that. I don't want this. Yeah, and right. so it goes to somebody else. And then they're like, nah, here, you're going to get this again. You can't escape it. Yeah. <laughs> so Carpenter said of the script, there's something unseen that wants to take the world from us. And I like that a little better because it's, it's not just that they want to come back. It's that they want to take something from us with the ancient ones. When you're going through our little things, <laughs> and he compared the writing that DeLuca had to the writing of H.P. Lovecraft. And specifically, he gave the reference of The Outsider, which if you've seen our Castle Freak or if you've listened to our Castle Freak episode, you know The Outsider was written by H.P. Lovecraft. It's some guy who wakes up in this crazy place and he's running around and he ends up you know, in a room with a bunch of people who run away and he looks and he sees this repulsing figure in a mirror and then he realizes that, that it's everybody a was afraid of him. Exactly. And so basically what he said is like with this movie and with that, it all leads up to the one gasp. Uh, he says, quote, give a gasp at the very end, that one last sentence. And I was like, wow, that's actually really insightful. Like that is yeah. the way I felt reading that short story. And that's the way I felt watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, and that what's really cool about this movie compared to a lot of others is the gasp isn't just some cheesy fucking waka waka exactly right right? and that's unfortunate when it comes to a lot of these great movies where you're like okay 95 percent of this movie is fucking amazing and then it's just that one last hand coming out from whatever and then you're like oh that's so scary or or like the movie where it's the movie is the plot twist like the village okay they're not really in ye oldie times what the fuck ever like what right. are I, like it that this movie has way more substance than just that kind of ending so yeah absolutely helps like i said deluca did this he also did lawnmower man a suburban nightmare which was a short film directed by james gonis not gonads and he it was a dollar baby from stephen king we actually had applied to be a one of the dollar babies oh that's right yeah that's we just cool. never followed through with it because we had to do like a sample but anyway before lawnmower man was the movie with pierce brosnan he did his own short film version of it. Thomas Crown Affair? Yeah, right. You get to see <laughs> Rene Russo's butt in that movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. <laughs> and then she became Freya from Thor. And uh, let me tell you, my wang was Thor after seeing Thomas Crown Affair. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hey, you. Low key, it was kind of the hottest thing I've ever seen. Boom. <laughs> did you know that movie's a remake? Oh, yeah. From uh, the Thomas Crown Affair? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's Apparently no butts the original, in the original. is fucking like really good. But there's no butts. That's true. So what's, it's a waste of my time. <laughs> I'm a butts only guy. I don't waste my time with these other fucking movies. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
DeLuca was predominantly, like I said, he was the head of New Line. He was also an executive producer on Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, Freddy's Dead, The Mask, Seven, Boogie Nights, Last Man Standing, Lost in Space, Blade, Pleasantville, American History X, <laughs> Austin Powers, Detroit Rock City, Little Nicky, and the Fright Night remake. So, so you can say he's done some good stuff. Yeah, dude. Like All those movies, I've seen all of them, and I love them all. Like, remember Pleasantville where the lady's in black and white and then she finger fucks herself and she becomes in color? You remember that? You remember that, Brian? You remember yeah, that? I do, actually. Dude. It's fucking great. It's beautiful. I've, it, I mean, I've never been moved internally. It's usually externally. Based off of somebody else moving things internally? Exactly. <laughs> usually it's a lot of external rigidification, <laughs> false, false, fossilization. I was going to say falsification. I was like, nope, it's not fake. It's all <laughs> I mean, real, baby. Yeah, as far as all I know. All three and a half inches as real as it comes. <laughs> hey, all you need is uh, one inch. Yeah, and recently, in January 3rd, he became the chairman of the MGM Motion Picture Group. So that's wow. Nice. Yeah, good for him. I mean, the guy's definitely been through the ringer. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, right. So it's Produce. not like it's somebody's like fucking stepson. Who's exactly. Just like, right. well, I mean, nepotism. Uh, <laughs> I'm Donald Trump Jr. And I'm here. <laughs> My favorite roast I've ever seen is Ivanka Trump is working from home. And so some girl retweeted and was like, doing what? <laughs> Produced good. by Sandy King Carpenter. Music by John Carpenter and Jim Lang, who had never worked before except for some TV shit. And Carpenter called it a, quote, really terrific collaboration. What do you think? I really like the metal in the beginning and in the end. I thought it was great, right? In the end, it doesn't even matter. Oh. Ah, I've come so far. I've got so far, whatever. <laughs> ah, who gives a shit? It, what was that shitty band that you just quoted? Hey, the guy killed himself. You can't say it was shitty. <laughs> no, I can still say it's shitty. I'm sorry. I'm not One a fan. Day, you don't know yeah, why. Don't, just it doesn't stop. even matter how hard you try. It's like Eminem trying to do rock. Or Kid Rock. Because <laughs> I'm a cowboy, baby. Kid Rocket. Yeah. You can't hate that song because it's in Ready to Rumble, which is your favorite movie That's of all true. time. I actually just saw a picture of Kid Rock that he just posted <laughs> on Instagram with uh, Kenny Rogers. Oh, R.I.P. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that Kid Rock is being subpoenaed to provide a glass dildo in an insane clown posse criminal case? What? I have read the headline. And I was like, like I, I, you can't even make that up. I, yeah, I don't know if it's real or not. It didn't come from the hardtimes.net. So I was like, this is probably, I don't want to feel this in my body. <laughs> nope. Not, not just the glass dildo, but like the idea of what's behind that. But what was interesting is Carpenter was talking about how he, he was very improvisational. He does the music to the image, but Lang was a very structured bass, which is you know, pretty rad. And apparently, Carpenter had wanted to enter Sandman for the beginning where they're printing the Oh, books. that's perfect. And you can kind of feel that it's not, you know, it's not a, a shameless, tawdry remake where it's trying to do the same song, but it's certainly you get that kind of that mojo going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Makeup was done by ILM and KNB Effects with Greg Nicotero. Howard Berger was actually the head of a team of 25 different people. And what's crazy, so you'll remember one of the monsters is this giant thing. It's, they called it the Monster Mass, which was 18 feet deep and 18 feet wide and had a bunch of puppeteers it's doing like it. It's like the wall, right? The monster wall? They're That's like just the... one of them, though. They had other ones, too. Like there was the Meatball Eater and Crab Monster. Fuck. And what's super funny is John Carpenter said of Meatball Eater, I like Meatball. He's a nice guy. <laughs> That's so good. It totally, I mean, reminiscent of like the thing, right? And and the void. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Especially like all the little tentacles and the, and the, the creepy little mouth like movements going on there. It kind of reminded me of Cenobites. 
I could totally see that. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of like the halfway between. Yeah. Like if there was a hell priest that you know had tentacles coming out of his fucking yeah, face. Yeah, that. that'd be fucking cool. Which I'm all about. Now, which name do you like best for Pinhead? Is it Pinhead, Lean Cenovite, or Hell Priest? Hell Priest. I like that better too. But I, <laughs> you know, he's introduced in the first one as the Lead Cenovite, so I, I'm fine with those two. But I don't like Pinhead because I always think of the movie Freaks. I almost feel like Hell Priest could be the name of like a metal band. Hell yeah, <laughs> Hell Priest. Yeah. I mean Judas Priest. I get it, but Judas Priest can suck my nuts. Hey man, not a, a fan. great band. If I have to choose between them and Iron Maiden, I know no every fucking time. <laughs> well, come on. Come on, name one Iron Maiden song that isn't the best thing you've I mean, ever heard. Hellbent in leather. I mean, why not? If you're not wearing a gimp suit and you're singing that song, <laughs> you're a fucking poser. Quote me on it. You don't want me in a gimp suit. Who says that? <laughs> you know that character I made of you in WWF No Mercy? Oh, boy. You haven't seen its alternate costume. <laughs> oh, man. It's like Zane in Pulp Fiction. Yep. Right? Yep. He looks like a, like a redneck, and then all of a sudden, he's just like in a full gimp suit. You know what I like? So what I do is I, I made your finishing move the stink face from Rikishi, <laughs> and I make you give me that finishing move day after day. Balls deep. Shall we get into nicknames? <laughs> Probably. Should have gone past that faster. Nicknames. We got Sam Neal as John Trent. Anything for him? Satanic Sam. Yep, they have to do it because it's it's true to it's form. It's always going to be Satanic Sam. Yeah, I think it has to be. Even if we go somehow and end up do Jurassic Park three, How the Satanic fuck Sam. Exactly. <laughs> With the fucking phone that gets shit out the ass of an Allosaurus. You know, that actually is a horror movie for the phone. <laughs> According to John Carpenter, Sam Neill thought of this film as a comedy, which is why he plays it so wacky for some of it, which it works for me. I, I like it. He just seems so like smarmy and kind of ridiculous. Like in the beginning, right? Especially like sitting at the restaurant where he's just like so full of himself. We're like, oh, I like it. It's not It's not really like that fun for me. I like it when there's like more of a con and, and like the guy has, he masters his craft. Yeah. You know, and you're Humble like, oh, bread. dude, just shut the fuck up, yeah. man. <laughs> I wish that you had more time in the asylum to see the character progression yeah because it is such a staunch contrast but i just like to see because i like his acting i'd like to see him kind of play that around in that a little bit more but he's great i mean he it's a one-man show nobody else in this movie is anywhere near as yeah good. yeah absolutely. whether it's sutter kane or whoever the fuck like now yeah so now we have julie carmen as linda styles you know who her dad is i do not caesar romero you might remember has the Joker who was too cool to shave his fucking mustache. So he just painted over it from the Adam West TV show. Oh, no. Yeah, that dude. Oh, no. The coolest shit I ever heard. <laughs> so you got to love that Sam Neill's kind of romance interest came out of the Joker's nutsack. That's interesting. <laughs> so how do you how do you figure? Because she's his kid. George Romero. Yeah. I didn't know that. Cesar Romero. See, because you said George Romero. Oh, I did? Yeah. Wow, that fucked that up. It shows you what a horror head I so, am, right? So I think I was like, wait, I don't I don't understand how that works. It's so they shared a nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> they were Siamese twins. Siamese twins, not tweens. They were twins. <laughs> we're talking about Siamese twins nutsacks. Jesus. Oh, this is our best episode yet. <laughs> Whoopsie. Oh, it's not George Romero. It's not Caesar Romero. <laughs> oh, could you imagine like divvying up the nuts when you're doing the separation Yikes. surgery? Like, who gets lefty? <laughs> One would probably itch more than the other. Isn't it the truth? Yeah. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a pinch and roll guy. Even if they're not itching, it's like the sense of relief I get. I feel like as we get older, it changes. Dude, my nut sack's droopy. <laughs> it's super droops. You're like looking down like, hey, what what's happened? going on there? <laughs> what's that slapping against my ankle? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Is it my other ankle? Nope. It's all righty. <laughs> Oh God, it's bristly. <laughs> you got anything for you got anything for the tweens, kid? <laughs> no, she's bland as fuck, man. She really is. I don't. I. I mean, she was like a mole, right, within the film. So, like, she was a plant. She was a decoy. She wasn't really even there, or was she? She know. was written in, but she wasn't there, right? That's what I got from watching it. It's like he goes up to the big wig guy, what the fuck's his name, Charleston Heston yeah. or whatever, and he's like, dude, I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about, you know? And you're like, wait, so was she even there? Or I don't uh, really know. And that's something where you're like, okay, this is like American Psycho. Does she turn into a tentacle raping monster too? She fucking goes backwards on the ground and moves around and her neck is twisted upside down the girl from the ring yeah but does she do any tentacles because i was gonna call it the bookworm if she does <laughs> oh yes she does actually because they're she's in the bathroom when he goes back to the hotel for the second time yeah. and there's tentacles flying underneath the doorway there you go yeah bookworm bookworm that's good so she couldn't rehearse with sam neil because he was like too fucking busy because this movie came out after Jurassic Park. And so you could imagine his life was kind of preoccupied at the time. Yeah. And so she rehearsed with Jürgen Prock now for a week before recording the film. And which I think, I, you know, you makes you wish that they had scenes that meant fucking anything. Yeah, no shit, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to kiss you and grope the back of your Professor Quirrell head. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it, all of that seems so strange, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, we're, we're talking about like nicknames, so we're not really getting too much in the film. But like it just seemed strange how that should have been more of like a twist right but in the like when you're watching you're just like um sure okay, okay. go for it man <laughs> you do you. like i mean maybe if they had more of like a love interest between satanic sam and the bookworm yeah you'd be like oh that bitch but like there wasn't even any like chemistry or anything and you're just like okay yeah it, he whatever. just comes across as leery until <laughs> she's possessed and then she's like tongue fuck me <laughs> And so in 1993, this is super weird. Apparently, John Carpenter was talking to her about the millennium seven years before Y2K. And he was talking about how art changes at the time of a millennium and becomes more fundamentalist. And I was just like, it's so obtuse and weird because I, I saw her you know, answer that question in like 2017. And so it means like, like it was weird enough for her to remember it almost a or over a 20 years later. That is really weird. I don't know. It seems like something where Carpenter just like took like fat rip and then you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about fucking shit that's on the dollar bill, man. Right. It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> and so he had her model her character off of Rosalind Russell, the Who's actress. That? She's a uh, character actress and who like kind of her gimmick was more like all white, which is why she has the kind of pastiche of oh, okay. either whites or neutral colors. Was, I thought it was interesting how she would always wear the whites, but then you look at the picture in the hotel and it was the dude wearing the all white and the girl was not. Ooh. 
Hmm. I picked up on that as well. I yeah. don't know that it means anything, but <laughs> apparently all of her sweaters were hand knit and they were given to her along with a pearl necklace from Sandy King Carpenter, which means something very different than getting a pearl necklace from John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to offer her that, but she, you but know, his wife was there. As the <laughs> She's like, producer, uh, 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 motherfucker. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I know that that is not what I thought it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do not stop. Uh, she said that actually the worst part of filming was the contact lenses she had to do. And they had to actually apply numbing drops to her oh, eyes. Shit. But because they were numb, she couldn't actually operate her eyelids. So they had to be held open. Fuck. Awful, right? Yeah. You know what? That's one thing that I never caught on was that everybody's eyes were blue within the film. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? Yep. That's the whole point is because it's all from him. Yeah. That's so crazy. I didn't really... I mean... I didn't think to look about it, look about it. I didn't think to look at it that way until after the fact, when I was looking at the trivia and yeah. I was just like, wait, what? And then you kind of have a close up every, every now and again, when it comes to these kids that just have like the fucking weird, like double eyeball yeah. or the double retina, I guess you'd call it. Everybody has double eyeballs. Fucking moron. Not everybody. <laughs> think about snake Pliskin. Don't well, be insensitive. <laughs> Mad eye moody or whatever. Did you know that she is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a master's degree in clinical psychology? Hmm. None of that applied to any of this in the movie. No, at all. (laughs) I would never have guessed that with her bland-ass character. There were no layers or anything. Oh, man. We had Jurgen Prock now as Sata Kane, who's been in Das Boot, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, Judge Dredd, House of the Dead. He'd been in some shit. I mean, I definitely... His face is very... Uh, memorable yeah. right and i you know it's one of those things where you're just like i can't really put my tongue on where he's from but i know he's been in a lot of shit but that fucking hair though yeah it's pretty crazy it's, it's just, I wacky mean, it's just like bedhead yeah that's what i imagine he's just like i'm gonna get out of bed and i'm just gonna fucking show up did you ever have a bedhead stick what but bedhead you know like back in the 90s or the like early 2000s where it was like a stick of like pomade that you oh, like rub in your hair yes, to look yes. and disheveled. it never worked. Oh, no, no, it never worked for me. You're right. And yeah. then you look at like pictures or you look at like anytime I see stuff on, on TV where it looks like a guy like literally and it's like a model, right? And yeah. he just like gets out of bed and puts on like a shirt and then like fucking whatever. And you're like, nobody's hair looks like that. Nobody. Ever. Yeah. You know, that that makes no sense. But. I love when they make fun of uh, Joel McHale on Community for that same exact thing. <laughs> Which if you haven't, if you're not watching Community while you're oh, stuck in quarantine, so you're missing good. out. I was really sad when they ended up kind of canceling. They didn't really cancel it, but they like, seemed like they cut it short a little bit. I think they were having a lot of issues with, uh, what's his face? Oh yeah, with uh, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. That's why they killed him off. But then also the last season was on Yahoo. So oh, that's, yeah, right. The that's right. I think there weird. was a, wasn't there a strike? Yep. Yeah. That's, and then that's where the Russo brothers really cut their teeth before becoming like the guys who directed the g- most gigantic film franchise right, ever right. with the Avengers. So I want to say one of my early favorite shows that I remember watching this kind of go way off, but remember prison break? The I first, remember, but like, I watched the it. first one or two seasons were fucking amazing. And then they had a strike. Uh, and then they had a bunch of scabbies like be like, well, I think this would be cool. And this, and then it just goes way the fuck off the rails. And you're like, nope, I'm lost. Like Quantum of Solace. <laughs> where it's like, what's happening? Did he just drink oil? What the fuck? <laughs> the only yeah. thing I know about Prison Break is I always thought that the big brother looked like Batista. From oh, the- I could see that. Yeah. Interesting. And so did you have a nickname for Jurgen? 
um, bedhead. Okay, sounds perfect. <laughs> David Warner, our boy from The Exorcist and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use, played Dr. Ren. Really inconsequential. Is in two nothing. scenes. I got Doesn't need a nickname. Him. Nope. But I love him. I'll watch anything that's got him in it. He's in a lot of stuff. John Glover as Saperstein. Benny Casey as Robinson. Let's just skip all the way There's down. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Was it, uh, did you happen to notice that? Was it Hayden Christensen? Right? Yeah. Little Darth Vader. That's what turns his ass to the dark side. He's, he's like <laughs> a hole into hell. Yeah, man. As soon as he says, hey, you know where Hobbs is? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like Calvin and Hobbs? <laughs> what is it? Is it called Old Hob? I think it's called Old Hob, right? Uh, uh, Hobbs End. Hobbs End. God damn it. It was one of those. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, people are like, oh, Hobbs, the word that you used to use for the devil. Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. All righty. Words happen, don't they? <laughs> so... For those of you who are still catching up to the new format of the show, we're not really doing the slay by play that we used to, and we're going to kind of consolidate recapitation and slay by play into one nice, you know, short form where we're not going to sit and get into the absolute minutia of every single scene of the movie because that's tedious. And especially if you're already on quarantine, you can just watch the movie instead of right. having us tell you about the movie. We're going to talk about the substance thereof and our thinks and thoughts and trivia's. So do you want to go through it? Do we'll start together? Yeah, let's start together, man. All I can think of when I'm watching this movie, this is the rated R version of Jack Black's Goosebumps movie. Never seen it. Oh, yeah. dude, it's so good. <laughs> is it good? It's it's cute. It's you know for a kids movie, it's super cute. So everything's written into the books about them. Yeah. So well, he has the books, and when the books open, the actual monsters from the books come out, and so it's real. So, so it's, it's like the that movie, Scary Monsters and whatever things, that new one that just came out, right? You know what I'm talking about? The scary stories. And, oh, it's and, still in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so something similar like that? I could see that. Okay. I probably should have said that to keep some street cred, right? <laughs> that was PG-13, so not far off. Right. The opening song, it's a jammer, and that's when they're printing off the Sutter Kane, the his newest book. And so you got Sam Neill who's being dragged to the asylum and he like knees the dude in the nads. And oh, then he gets it's th- so good. He it's gets so thrown good. in. Sorry goes, about the swollen nads. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry about the balls. It was a lucky shot. That's all. It's so good, dude. Because you, you see like the frame of the guy and then you see like the silhouette of the hair and you're like, who is this fucking weirdo? Because like in my mind, I'm not imagining that being Sam Neill at all. Yeah. I know all I could think <laughs> what about twist. was his fancy ass footwear as he's in a straight jacket. I'm like, come on now. You can't have nicer shoes than me and be taken into a padded room. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but when he gets there, you're just like, damn, that is a comfy ass room. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to sleep on that bed. Mm hmm. Just bounce off the walls. <laughs> so apparently that asylum is actually a water treatment plant in Toronto. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, hey, that's kind of relatable. Yeah. It's been <laughs> in other films as an asylum as well, which is interesting. And then it changed because after 9-11, no longer allowed to be in there to e- fucking do any of that awkward. shit. Awkward. Let's just say safety protocol. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it was a pre-9-11 world. It's true. He said unironically because it came out several years before. So when he's playing crazy and he's even saying, I'm not insane, I'm not insane. I think he delivered it too straight. He needed to kind of seem like he was giving a line for the payoff at the end. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can see that. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like he's he's trying to convince himself, but he's like saying it to the, to the camera a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we cut and we're back in time and it's him doing an interrogation of some dude 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I could tell that you burned your own shit down because she's wearing a coat. Dude, that was so cheesy. Yeah, that whole thing hacky. was super cheesy, right? It's you're like, like I, I, I get it. You know, I got to I have to have like this little background about me being an investigator and having like, oh, let me just go ahead. And like, like you said, I'm just going to jerk myself off and, and, and pat myself on the back at the same time by explaining how amazing I am at getting all this background information on you. And you're a you're a slime ball, basically. While at the same time, he's ultimately like the slime ball, right? You're like, okay, you're trying to convince yourself that you're not the slime ball by painting it on somebody else. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever. I, you, people that commit insurance fraud, they are pretty sleazy. Don't get me wrong. You're but, telling me. <laughs> that's my profession. But yeah, I see what you mean. I'd rather have them focused on something a little bit more elaborate in terms of his investigation work because nothing's really that impressive about it. It's more deductive rather than investigatory. Where he's like, well, if you're wearing it and you said it burned, it couldn't have burned. So therefore, blah. But like they don't go into the actual facts of him investigating to find it. So you're like, well, then why are they putting all this trust that he'll be able to investigate and find Sutter Kane? Right. Yeah. A little odd. So then he and the guy whose money he saved are out at lunch and they're just like, what's up, dog? And they're sitting there. I love this shot. This is so rad where it's Sutter Kane's manager who kills some people, comes out from the video rental store across the street with an axe, shatters the window. Do you read Sutter Kane? That's so fucking cheesy. It's so cheesy. I don't know. Did you like it? I love it. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, there's like so many potential things that a guy can say after he shatters a window and then stares menacingly up at somebody with an axe in his hand. And he just says, do you read Sutter yeah. Kane? Could you imagine if he's like, aren't windows a pain? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best one I could come up with. I mean, or he, he breaks just... the window, right? He breaks the window and he says, I was framed. <laughs> huh? Are you blind? Because window blinds. No. Yeah. yeah, That no, was good. Oh, it looks like my jokes are going up <laughs> curtains. Da, 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 da. It just seems like he could have gone with something a little more cryptic than that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. For certain. I love when he starts reading the books and you're well, even when he goes to the bookstore, and there's the creepy kid. And stuff that when he when he's on his way home. What does the kid say? He sees you? Yeah. That's a little creepy. Not a fan. If somebody <laughs> says that shit to me, they're getting a right hook to the first. Uh, but when he's, you know, there's the two things when he's walking home. He sees the cop beat brutalizing the guy. And then there's what the does he hole. Say? You want some? You yeah. want some, bud? Like, you want to come over here? You want to taste my uh, Billy Club? Huh? Is that what they call it these yeah, days? Right. My baton. And so he like rips the little bit of the poster, which comes into play later. But I love when he starts having the crazy dreams that the makeup on the cop where he looks fucked up. Yeah, he dude. almost he almost looks like he has like a pig face. It's rad. It's fucking cool. I love that one. That's yeah. probably my favorite of the makeups. And it's just creepy. It reminds me of Maniac Cop too. Yeah, which I, love. The, I also like the girl that has like the kind of like the weird melted face yeah. off to the side. It reminds me of one of the people from Mars in... Total, okay. total Recall. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you just demise. There you go. <laughs> Who the fuck is Quaid? Quaid. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I saw, people were like, oh, like she's clearly the template for the nurse in Silent Hill. And I was like, how do you know what the nurse looked like? Because PS1 graphics are so Fucking bad. awful. Dude, right? it's so grainy. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of ROM stuff and I'm like, ah. Dude, all those old school, uh, was it Resident Evil? Jesus. That yeah. was on PS1, right? 
Yeah, and then they I had it so. on yeah. Resident Evil 2, I think, made it to N64, and there were a couple other ones. But My God, running through a, a hallway into another door, into another door, and it's just like literally, okay, turn black screen, and then it's a door opening, and then it's another black screen, and then, then you're in the room, and Ugh. then you're like, fuck, I forgot something. And then you turn around, and you go back, and you're like, I just spent like 10 minutes going literally from one room to another. Dude, the best game with preset camera angles ever is Dino Crisis 2. If you've never played it, treat yourself. It's the best shit. It holds up. I played huh. it recently. There's a bunch of raptors. And I got a shotgun. I was like, fuck y'all. Damn. It's so that's fun. Cool. I remember one of the first games I recall playing that had dinosaurs in it. Turok. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Fucking great, right? Yeah. All the cheat codes are great for it. So then we get to the arts and crafts with the covers and he cuts off the red lines and sticks them together like a jigsaw puzzle and finds Hobbs End. And it's super weird. So they go to Charlton Heston and they're like, sub dog. And then you have Styles, who's Cesar Romero's offspring. I don't know what we we're going to call her. Or George Romero's offspring. George, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the tween sperm. <laughs> the bookworm. Yeah, they're a bookworm. There we go. Tween sperm bookworm. That's a... Yikes. Dude, that's the haiku of the week. But you know, they agree they're going to go investigate. And so she's sitting there and she throws a bag of potato chips at him while he's driving. And he says, never, ever throw chips at a driver. This is how you know he's crazy because he's from England and they call those crisps. Chips are French fries. So clearly he's crazy. <laughs> and he's overly Americanized. But what was weird, this is another thing, inconsistencies, right? So he's already overly Americanized calling him chips, right? But then when he's singing America the Beautiful by Michael W. Smith later, he gets it wrong. Inconsistent. Oh, interesting. In interesting. the Mouth of Madness is literally talking about the mouth that eats chips, the mouth that sings songs. He wouldn't have had one over on you, right, Jake? You would be like, man, you know what? Something's not right. <laughs> Something's not right in the axe land. To, axe to the face. Yeah, right. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I always love to think that, like, you know those scenes in the movie where it's the two guys who look exactly alike? And you're like, you got to shoot one of them. Save them. I always think, that, like, I with my luck, I would definitely shoot my, like, if it was you and you, I would shoot the real you and evil twin wins. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Yeah, I always imagine myself in these situations in movies where they run and jump in front of a bullet and I would just clearly miss the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on The Simpsons where the guy gets shot like three times and the dude jumps and gets one of the shots and then he shoots him again. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High risk situations, maybe not the best. Timing a bullet? That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, honestly, how fast can you move from one spot to another by jumping? Faster than a bullet? I don't know. Yeah, and if you're that fast, to stop the guy from shooting the bullet. What the fuck? <laughs> so as they're driving, they're talking about reality, and he says, whoa, we're not talking about reality here. We're talking about fiction. It's different, you know. And she says, a reality is just what we all tell each other it is. Sane and insane could easily switch places. If the insane were to become the majority, you would find yourself locked in a padded cell, wondering what happened to the world. Spoilers, lady, you just gave away the whole movie. Or real life right now. Oh, God. <laughs> so true. 
So there's a scene that's pretty famous where he's asleep and she's driving and then she sees crazy boy on the bicycle. You know what this reminds me of? What? It totally reminds me of Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. <laughs> you know, well, he's driving in the middle of the night yeah. with with uh, Mickey. Is yeah. it Mickey? Yeah. And he sees all this random shit on the side of the road, right? I and love it. Yeah. It's fucking great. Dude, what's up, with that? Sent what's up with that kid's fucking mask? Like looks terrible little Benjamin Button kid going on, dude. I don't know. It, he looks weird. like Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw <laughs> it's, Massacre. It was so fucking weird. But the fact that it's bad almost makes it creepier. Yeah, I can see that. With his voice coming out of it, like he won't let me leave. You're like, this is just so poorly done. Yeah, I'm just fascinated. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, the whole scene where she, the lines blur, they go away. All of a sudden, she hits him. Right. And yeah. you're just like, what in the fuck is going on? Okay. First of all, I thought that was kind of neat, but then they get out of the car and then you look at the no damage to the car and you're like, Oh really? Come on. I mean, not even like a, a busted windshield or anything. Uh, and he but, gets up and goes. So and it's like, like, never happened. He's like, well, see you later. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's why there's two of them to like validate like, okay, so I guess this is real or it isn't real, you know, to like play off of each other. Right. And I, do you like how fucking amazing, <laughs> Do you like how amazing Sam Neill is when he's like, oh, huh, he must have been okay, right? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just an insurance investigator. I'm not worried about the liability of this at all. Yeah, and then like as they're leaving, he's like, we'll report it to the police. <laughs> right. like, and then, and uh, the bitch is looking at him like, you're going to do what? <laughs> We're fucking not gonna, narc. <laughs> We're not going to do that at all. Nope. So I have a theory as the rest of this movie unfolds that this is in the Groundhog's Day universe and we'll get into why because <laughs> she drives past the kid multiple times and so it's this repetitious time motif and we'll even see it come up later and it's also the idea is fucking terrifying if you realize that Bill Murray was locked in Puxatoni Phil's hometown because of the ancient ones. Wow. It's a great idea. <laughs> so they go to the Pikmin's hotel and then it cuts to the church where Vigo from Ghostbusters 2 and his goon squad has the shotgun and he's like, Johnny! And Kane appears in the place of a scowling child and Dobermans attack the goons. And you're Dude, like, what is the happening? The whole thing, man. I, it just seemed so played out. Like, I'm just like, okay, I get it. He's like supposed to be Satan. Yeah. And... It's this evil dark church and, you know, they have the placard on the, on the front of the church. What is it? I mean, it's not something that's like from fucking, um, as above, so below, yeah. but it's something similar, right? It's like anybody who enters here is like damned essentially. Something like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like they could have gone over without the dogs whenever i see dobermans in movies i always think of last action hero where the bad guy like snaps his fingers and the dobermans do like the human pyramid okay the canine pyramid yeah it's just hokey yeah i mean no matter what when you see dogs and they're like the attack dogs there's going to be someone that ultimately trips and falls yeah (laughs) and just it just looks bad. Come it's on, in the guys. day and it's just like the, it's shot so static. You're like, okay, it's just a dog biting a guy. Like, <laughs> this isn't anything. And then it cuts to like they go back to the hotel and go back there. And Styles is making out with Sutter Kane. And Sutter Kane's just like this weird German guy. And you're like, all right, calm the fuck down, fella. Did any of that strike you? No. And so Styles had kind of realized when they're at the hotel earlier, like, this is in the book. He, she even like points out the church and knows what window it is and she's very specific and they talk about the old lady who is the she essentially what does he say uh, hacks her husband into coleslaw yeah <laughs> I thought that was kind of creative it's fun I've never seen that like it's usually something meat oriented right. so I have vegetables I was like, yeah, oh, that's, cool. that's interesting 
And so when he interacts with her later, she's all acting twitchy and weird. And you see her so fucking weird. naked ass husband handcuffed to her ankle. Super weird. I was I mean, I'm totally for that. I mean, it, it was completely out of left field and right. it made no sense whatsoever. But I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna remember that. Let's do it. People under the <laughs> stair style were like, why is that doing the gimp suit? All right. Let's just keep scene to scene. Let's keep it going. So then Vigo, you find out he kills himself and he's not sure which came first, him or the book. Quote, I have no choice. He wrote me this way. That I want to explore that. Like, yeah. That's the most interesting part. That's pretty You don't cool. need aliens. You don't need all the others. That's the thing that's frustrating. It's like, that's the most interesting part to me. Right. And you know what? This, wow. is, this, this comes to me thinking like, okay, so does he write into the story that he's giving people free will at certain points? So they're able to think for themselves, right? And understand that they are being controlled. But the end, they're ultimately, their ending is already written written so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you're thinking now because everything's already predetermined right it's the christ parable we're like oh well if you choose to believe in jesus then you'll be fine but it's like okay but it's if it's predetermined then you should have intervened and you should have told me that jesus was actually real right instead of a two thousand year old book that hasn't had an update since latter-day saints you know what i'm saying (laughs) my phone a thousand (laughs) updates a month the old bible nothing come on you assholes But I feel like this scene really showed me this movie has the same kind of issue that They Live has, where it's like the tone of the film doesn't really evoke the severity of what's happening. That's a super intense idea to feel like you're cognizant of the fact that you can't stop yourself from committing suicide. Dude, that's a really interesting idea. And it's like, all right, it's almost played like for a gag, right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So then you have Sam Neill. This pissed you off when he's hot wiring the car with a a screwdriver. Honestly, anybody who has their keys get swallowed by a crazy sadistic chick. Oh, it's made um, out of pasta. (laughs) That's made out of pasta. You, You essentially MacGyver your way into starting a car. Yeah, for sure. Right? You don't have no background experience in hot wiring a car whatsoever. But give me bubble gum, a toothpick. And a tennis Some celery. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get this shit done. But it's it's it was super hokey and whatever. I mean, they needed to make the fucking car work and apparently a, a flathead screwdriver made it work. There so, you go. I mean, I can guarantee you I can try that outside of my car and not the same results. Just get the alarm going. <laughs> yeah. Everybody would be super upset with Seriously. me. Seriously. Nobody would intervene. They'd just be like, God, that fucking car alarm is so annoying. <laughs> so you get Styles doing her, you know, Pennywise or whatever, girl from the ring, bone breaking thing. That was cool. Cool, but the popping sounds were a little hokey for me. Okay. Apparently, Julie Carmen believed that the contortionist was actually related to director Robert Rodriguez. Huh. The more you know. Interesting. Jake still does research even in the hour long episodes. Booyah. <laughs> so this is the Groundhog Day escape scene where he's like, all right, I'm getting out of town. Vroom. Okay, I'm back in town. Getting out of town. Vroom. Okay, I'm back in town. And then he drives through him. Yeah. I think he should have, when he was driving through the crowd, you should have seen bodies fucking flying everywhere. Yeah. Right? And then it's like the last person would have been her. And then he swerves. Like that better? Yeah. It just would have made a little bit more sense to me. It's because they're literally just a giant mass of people in, in the middle of the street. And he just guns it. Yeah. Right? So... 
one would lead to another, but essentially it just shows him driving peacefully through this like crowd of people. Seriously, you rev up that engine first. You send a <laughs> message to these, you know, mutated fucks. These mutant goons from beyond. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he crashes into the pole, this anticlimactic thing, and he wakes up in a confessional booth with Kane, who says, more people believe in my work than believe in the Bible. And Dude, that's a crazy quote. I think, therefore, you are. Oh, that's a God complex, isn't it? No shit. You get the pulsating door and he says, here's my manuscript. You, I created you to deliver this into the world. I burst you from my typing pussy so that you would go out there. That's what he said, right? Am I paraphrasing? I think that's what he said. Okay. And this is where Darth Vader's like, what's up, man? It's like, it's a weird movie, it's dude. It's super weird, dude. The ending is just <laughs> fucking crazy, right? Yeah. And so it's an interesting effect when Kane is like ripping his face open with like through the uh, the page. And that was apparently done by ILM, Industrial Light, blah, blah. So that was cool. And he takes the bus back to reality. And I love when he's like having the nightmare. And then Kane's like, did I ever tell you my favorite color is blue? And then he wakes up and it's blue. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's blue. And you're just like, I'm blue. I'm bleed and I'm blind. (laughs) I will see 55. I know what's up. Yeah, buddy. They also had a song about PlayStation. P-L-A-Y-S-T-A-T-I-O-N. I'll never they forget literally it. just spelled PlayStation? Yep. <laughs> I remember that song because I was like into PlayStation. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> they were really going somewhere, huh? No, oh, for sure. Going straight <laughs> into the shit can. But okay, here's a question. Now, if this is a... Here's a scenario. It's an either or. You have to pick one. You can't have both. Either you can only have sex once a week for the rest of your life, or you can have sex as many times as you want, but every time you come, you make the sound of Sam Neill screaming in the bus. <laughs> which do you choose? <laughs> I got to admit, Sam Neill screaming, dude, all the fucking time. <laughs> See, now that also poses a question. Who's going to want to do that with me at the time? I mean, essentially, it's just going to be me having sex with myself and then just <laughs> okay, in the middle of the night. Billy Idol. Well, the walls are totally oh <laughs> Dancing with myself is about jerking off. Is it really? It is, yeah. Yeah. Just like... I'm glad you explained I'm, I'm glad you explained that to me. Day. Because when you're like, oh, it's like Billy Idol, I was like... White wedding? <laughs> <laughs> is the white cum? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, gross. And then you find out that Styles isn't real, which is the same exact plot twist as in Freddy's dead. Freddy Krueger's daughter goes out with some kids because she's like a social worker and she's like what's up she goes back to her boss she's like i'm sorry all the fucking kids died and he's like what kids you left alone oh, and charlton yeah. Heston's like what styles you left alone right yeah. he's like well you you didn't read this right well okay good you have to pull this off the shelf and he's like too late it's becoming a movie motherfucker yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that when he's like well it comes out next week and so it cuts back to the present and you have the Dr. Dickhead from Exorcist is finishing his investigation. He's like, I really don't believe that you're crazy, brah. He's like, nah, dog, I'm totes cray. Don't you see all this fucking sweet crayon, quote unquote. <laughs> have you ever cray- drawn on yourself I'm, a crayon? I don't think that's a crayon. I don't think like, so. Is that mascara? I, I think that might be mascara. I think he rubbed <laughs> his butthole on his face. 
<laughs> and one one crayon. I like how the doctor, yeah, the, right. the, the guy was just like, he only has for one thing, a single black crayon. Yeah. And then the entire, all of the walls. And you're like, dude, how big was that single crayon? Because there's no way it lasts three feet long. long. <laughs> he's like, it, it, well, he's crazy. So the crazy guy asked for a three foot long black crayon. What am I supposed to do? So then Dr. Dickhead leaves and there's monster sounds and everything. And then basically he's just like kind of waits for everything to blow over and he just kind of leaves and is like, what's up? I'm checking this out and walking through the emptiness and walks outside and there's the overturned van and there's the, you know, trash and he walks by and then he sees the movie theater and yeah. he's like, oh, this is cool. Let me go check this out. It's so fucking cheesy. He walks in with a big old bucket of popcorn. Oh, right. You're just like, oh, this really? This grin on his face like, <laughs> okay, this is great. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's dead, right? So I guess he knows how to like turn on the movie. He knows how right. to like what theater is going to and you know, whatever. I'm overlooking It's just kind of weird, right? Because it's like, is this Kane showing him for him like why is he showing his creation his creation <laughs> right like with the film but he's loving it and then it's over so it's a good i love this movie i'll be honest with you, i think it's a, for sure a classic did you watch the end credits it did not okay so they have the disclaimer from the american humane society you know no animal was harmed in the making of this film underneath that the human interaction was monitored by the Interplanetary Psychiatric Association. The body count was high. The casualties are heavy. <laughs> it's super cool, I right? I like that. I like that. That's Way funny. to go for Lovecraftian. <laughs> and so the cinematographer of this film, Gary B. Kimball, Kibbe, just passed away. So I'd like to send our condolences out oh, to his family. R.I.P. But he collaborated with John Carpenter on a bunch of stuff. So if you've liked John Carpenter's work, you probably liked his. Brian, did you think this was a classic, a tragic, or a tragic? This is classic. For sure. Absolutely. And like, you know, we talked about it on the Slashers on Slash bonus episode for this week. You know, this movie fails in some ways because it has a lot of potential. It's like so many good ideas put into one. Like of all the movies we've talked about this year, this is the one where I'm like, dude, you could have made this like a, a series, like yeah. Castle Rock almost. Yeah. As a first for me, as far as watching this film, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised nothing about this really kind of turned me off other than you know little tidbits here and there that i feel like they could have just kind of completely done away with but uh, for the most part they dip their toes into a little bit of everything and yeah. i think that's kind of like again like you said you know it's it's hard for you to kind of pinpoint what they did really really well yeah but they kind of just almost just smeared a lot of things around and then they're like hey look all of this sticks, yeah. so we're going to run with it. If you're a horror head and you're already, like, you've already read Lovecraft, you've already read Stephen King, like this is great. You know, it's got practical effects, it's got good acting, it's got some interesting story elements. But if you were like coming in and you maybe let's say you only knew about Stephen King, you had knew nothing about Lovecraft, or let's say you'd only seen Jurassic Parks, so you only knew Sam Neill, I could see how you wouldn't like it. But this is just kind of our perfect blend of shit. So even though it like doesn't work. It's still we like all of the pieces, if not the whole. Right. Absolutely. If not the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> the buttholey trinity. Oh, yay. <laughs> We're bringing it back. All right, guys. So this was super fun. Uh, we want to thank you all for you know staying with us. I know that now many of us are at home or not commuting because of the quarantine and everything. And you know, just, we just love you for downloading and listening. I mean, I'm sure you probably just list. You know what you're probably doing? Probably avoiding your spouse putting your earbuds in listen to this so if that's the case i want you to look over to your wife right now or your husband and say wow babe i certainly love you we appreciate you 
And then say, the guys from Slashers love you too. Absolutely. Sensually. <laughs> they think about you while they're going heels to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think about other things. I think about baseball, which is the most boring thing in the world. So I don't. How dare fast. you, good sir? <sighs> I, I, the old, my dad had texted me very excitedly. He's like, hey, you want to go to a Houston Astros game? You can just talk shit. Because my dad knows. I grew up fat. Like people, de- I, I, the, the thing I do best in life is talk <laughs> shit. And so I was like, you get me, dad. Like, you finally get me. <laughs> I was actually really looking forward to going to an Angels-Astros game because the Dodgers don't get to play the Astros during the regular season. Oh, right, so right, yeah. The earliest you really get to see the Astros over here is when they come play the Angels. So a lot of Dodgers fans were basically going to crash the Angels game and just completely fucking decimate any Astros players or that come both, up. both, because fuck them both. Yeah, it's totally true. But at the same time, ah, you're also an oh. hostile for sure territory yeah. so one team has an affiliation with christopher lloyd with angels in the outfield yeah that's one true team fucking sucks so <laughs> one team essentially ruined baseball dude bullshit mm. like still Pete upset Rose about it should not still have been in the wwf hall of fame first he deserves to be in the fucking baseball it's crazy right this is a horror podcast not a baseball podcast uh, so. well you know what that was horror, though. That was horrific. It was. <laughs> it was a, a blight upon our nation. That's right. Anyway, we love you all. Absolutely. Thank you. Stay safe. You know, uh, for our Patreon patrons, we love. Th- thank you all so much. You know, right now, I know it's trying times. You know, if if you guys want to get bonus episodes or anything, I'm happy to send it to you. Like I had said a couple weeks ago, if you want to just share the profile of the page or share a oh link my God, that and would tag help. us. I'll send you a Patreon bonus episode. That would help tremendously, especially with how many people are essentially online all of the time right now. Yeah. We can't keep up. I mean, it's just, there's too much. We're just being drowned out, you know, so I, I would legitimately appreciate it. You you all know the algorithm censor a lot of horror stuff. So if you hashtag with horror, then you're getting pushed down. And then if you don't hashtag with horror, then you're like finding the wrong audience. Like obviously we're a horror show. Uh, we're looking forward to next month. We're doing an April Fool's special and hopefully it lifts your spirits, lifts your genitalia, you know, <laughs> gets them nips nice and hard. Just yeah, buddy, rigid. rock hard. Yeah. I want you to be able to flick that thing and hurt your finger. Yikes. You know what I mean? So, Brian, is it time to say goodbye to these boys? Yeah, yeah. If you ain't watching dying, you ain't really trying. For Brian, for myself, everybody else who matters, for the puppies and the kitties and the uh, the hummingbird that made a nest right outside my front door, so nice. We love you. Be excellent to each other. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> That episode was rad. I had fun. I hope you did too. The world is crumbling all around you. I rhymed you with two, and that is cool. And I, I think I kind of went off the rails there. In my mind, I thought that I had rhymed the same word with the same word, but then I realized I didn't because I'm so funky fresh, and I ruined everything. Anyway, this week's hidden track is from the Cult Sounds. These guys have been super patient. Uh, we have talked about doing this song for a while. It's At the Mouth of Madness, which is very heavily influenced and referential to this film. So we knew that it was coming up. We've been wanting to do this. Brian and I have been talking about doing this movie for probably eight or nine months. So thank you so much for you guys' for patience. You can find the Cult Sounds at thecultsounds.bandcamp.com, facebook.com. 
slash cult sounds official. They don't have any pending shows right now, but then again, nobody else does because uh, did I mention the world is falling down around us? I legitimately love this song. I hope you do too. Please let them know where you found them. Show some support. Maybe, you know, rub your nipples specifically counterclockwise motion when you're thinking about Jordan, clockwise motion when you're thinking about me, and we'll all go home happy. Smoochy smooth. Goodbye.
And hope is gone.